0: Welcome back, everybody. It's the Ridley Precher Cast, Anime Edition. I'm your host, JD, joined only by Tori today. Again, second second podcast in a row. Tori.
1: Yeah, you know the the other guy is skipping out. He doesn't want to record anymore and said some pretty mean things. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> uh, nah, he, he, uh... he claims his house is like under fire. The the walls are ripped out. I think his VTuber addiction has gotten the better of him.
1: Definitely, but um that <laughs> that was already happening before this. Nah. They are uh quote yeah, unquote. So he he started saying away. that they were he started saying that they were painting and then he came back and it's like, yeah, so we've ripped out the Wi-Fi and everything, and I'm like, you don't need to do that to paint. And it's like, no, <laughs> we're like completely renovating. And I'm like, oh, well that's different. That's not the same. <laughs> yeah, they're tearing down my wall and everything. Good god. Are are you okay? <laughs> like are you gonna fucking survive through this? <laughs> Are you yeah. doing fucking... Now he's doing, like, fucking home electronics and shit like that? In the middle because, you know, of his winter, you, too. Yeah. Good, great time. I mean, it doesn't get cold where he lives, so that's not really a problem, but, you well, know... if he I, doesn't
0: have walls, how is he going to retain any heat?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, poor guy. Going to have to suffer through 30 degrees Celsius. Oh, <laughs> ah, no. the pain. So cold. Yeah, no, nah, it's... It's a mess. It's a mess. It's especially fun when, you know... It's especially fun when your family starts big projects like this and then, like, mid-project uh, mid they're like, you know what? We're going out. You have
0: fun. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> great. <laughs> oh, God. Well, hopefully he'll be back for the wacky OVA episode we got planned for the, uh, for the next one in a couple weeks.
1: Mm-hmm. That's and hopefully that's they don't, don't make more chemical weapons before. That time?
0: (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) On the agenda today, if you couldn't tell by the uh, title, we're doing part three of Legend of the Galactic Heroes. We're almost done with this anime.
1: (laughs) We are. We only have to do one more podcast on this, and then we'll have done all the parts. Yeah. To the the big OVA, of course, there's way more other stuff to Legend of the Galactic Heroes if you want to get into that as well, but, you know.
0: Which is very possible. For now. This This could be a Legend of the Galactic Heroes gimmick podcast. By the end of this,
1: Legend of Galactic Heroes fan cast.
0: yeah, so we got that. And um, once we get through a little intro here, uh, I will review the latest Blade of the Immortal anime adaptation, which I'm excited. Damn, I'm excited to review that.
1: Okay, I was about to say, I hope you don't mean you're excited to watch it because that's no, 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 that wouldn't make sense. (laughs) I'm gonna review it, but I'm not gonna watch it yet. I'll watch it after I've reviewed it, okay?
2: (laughs) Sure.
0: I mean, the listeners wouldn't know the difference, would they? <laughs> I don't know. I mean it, Maybe could, it, they could, are it could, could be hardcore
1: funny. Blade of the Immortal fans and they've watched it all and they'd call your bullshit. I don't know.
0: It could be funny. It could be that like old junior high book review. So Blade <laughs> of the Immortal, there's a blade with an immortal that's kind of actually the plot, but
1: <laughs> it's the blade of an immortal. Okay. You What's it about? The blade of an immortal.
0: You know, he, he travels reads back of box. He travels eight oh and leaves at one point because Okay, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't watch this. <laughs> no, it's okay.
2: <laughs>
0: but yeah, Tori, how how have you been? I mean we know we know Hickey's uh situation. What about your situation? you surviving in these trying times as every fucking commercial on the planet will tell me?
1: Uh I mean these trying times have been pretty easy to be honest nothing's really changed we're pretty much done with everything like mm-hmm. we don't have very many cases uh cases of the covid anymore and uh things are things are pretty calm here hmm. there was a protest here a, a little while ago but generally speaking it was just people sitting around on the road and you know I'm not going to fucking tell them where to sit so go knock yourself out
0: Hmm. And other than that, yeah, no, things have been pretty calm. This seems, uh, uh, seems kind of the opposite of the country I'm living in.
1: Yeah, well, you live in the U.S., so, you know. I
0: sure do. During this era, anyways, of my life.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good God. What a what a disaster this country is. Sometimes. We've got people Sometimes. wanting to tear down the Washington Monument now and the.
2: the oh, my uh, God. Mount
0: Rushmore, and they want to bust down the Lincoln Memorial. Like Jesus Christ!
1: Listen, all right. You can't tear down history, no matter how much you dislike it. If you want to fucking sanitize history and remove every "quote unquote" bad person or somebody who's done anything bad in history from the history books, well, no I guess what? You wouldn't have any history anymore, right? Because everyone in history is someone's bad guy, is someone's enemy, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, and well, there's, a, I mean. There's always that. I mean, shit, talking blade of the moral. There's always some sort of like the winner is the one that writes history, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of a a phrase. I I don't remember what historical figure said that. Probably Sun Tzu or someone, someone wise. <laughs> <laughs>
2: eh.
0: Or maybe it was a Chinese emperor who's like, I can say this and everything will forever be right. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe.
1: But uh, nah, it's I don't I don't like it. Like I to a certain extent I can agree with some of it, like not tearing it down, but I agree with like a lot of like oh why don't we like why do we always have to put these uh, statues out like uh, like they're being worshipped or out in the open and whatnot? Why can't we like remove them and like put them up somewhere else, like in a museum where they belong or something? It's like sure. I don't I don't really care where they are, but fucking Don't just stop just stop this fucking attempt at like yeah sanitizing history. It's not it's not gonna work. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's there's some, before. I, yeah, there's some things I agree with and some things I don't that are just preposterous. You know, you're just... Mm-hmm. It's things taken too much, too far, and then the, uh, uh... Mix that in with the things of the past week with the wrestling world. I don't know if you've paid attention to this, story, but the entire United Kingdom wrestling industry is apparently sexual predators. Oh, no. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's, it's a disaster box there, and... And, uh... At least, and then people are upset in The Last of Us 2 because Mm. Ellie's gay and I'm like, Jesus Christ, you got anything else you want to complain about in this world?
1: Fuck. Uh, That is nowhere close to what I've heard about the complaints about uh, The Last of Us 2, but you know what, I'm not even going to go into that because that is a fucking shit show, and I am glad that I don't like The Last of Us, not even the first game.
0: Yeah, well, then you're you're on that, you're on that side, uh, I mean, I'm five hours into the last of us, two. I'll, of course, I'll speak more about this on the preceding gaming podcasts. I mean, I like it. i ha I finally have some complaints in my head over, you know, this could probably be improved. They could have done this better, but I mean, shit, the short version is, if you like the first game, I don't see why you wouldn't like this one, really? It's mostly the same game.
1: but really though they need to update their marketing team because but but
0: but tori ellie's gay so that's you know that's really really what we need to harp on here
1: (laughs) well that completely depends on what that what that entails but either way like what they really need to do is they need to fucking improve their marketing team because holy hell like i know that games want to be secret now and I, i don't really understand why you're trying to sell the game to people no, but fucking marketing has to be secret now. But I am sick and tired of seeing shit like fucking the new Last of Us 2 will have jumping mechanics. Oh, whoop fucking do Not like any other game has that. Right. Press X to jump, huh? Fantastic. <laughs>
0: uh. yeah, oh, man, I the mean, video it, game industry is yeah, an it,
1: absolute mess.
0: <laughs> I mean, you traverse the environment a little bit more. They create a little bit of... A sure tiny, a tiny you don't part.
1: advertise that with press X to jump yeah that's, that's a meme
0: yeah that's, <laughs> yeah I mean well, what else are they gonna do? oh it's like the first game plus more story it's like yeah you gotta mm. I guess you, it's like the Madden 21 trailer that ever everyone's up in arms about uh with them bringing back mechanics that have been around for 20 years and they're like look mm-hmm. at this new thing uh it's not new Madden good try though <laughs>
2: uh-huh well, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, you and I, I get when the PS5 was revealed, had a big good back and forth. I quite like that one. Uh,
2: uh-huh. to-
0: two totally different viewpoints on it. You don't like it. I'm not at all totally fine with it. So
1: I don't like it. I'm not buying it. And now that Persona finally looks like it's actually going to get released on PC, because you know P4G was just released on Steam. Right. I am. I can finally say that I don't need to buy another console ever if that oh. keeps happening, and that's going to be so great. You're
0: not—you're not, you're not right. the only person in in uh, my inner circle here that has had had have similar thoughts. You know, you you have your taste in games at this point, and if you don't have to buy the console and they're going to be on PC, you have a PC, then problem solved, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not everyone's like me, where I love the consoles, I love the exclusives, et cetera, et cetera. But I have seen how big this PS5 is said to be. Thing looks like a beast.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of... That's the thing that a lot of people complain about as well. Because the... Uh, especially for people who have like entertainment systems and whatnot, they're afraid that it's not going to fit properly.
0: Well, here's and the other... Here's, the, uh... here's, so, I, uh, just cutting you off. I read this... Uh, I think it was a G... Not a G2. That's a Gatorade. Um, <laughs> some, some computer industry expert he kind of broke down
1: thank you (laughs) in case you were curious on what that was
0: (laughs) Uh, uh, so yeah I I read uh, this expert's report over just if you're gonna have these high-end consoles or high-end electronics they're not made like they used to. These things pump out a lot of heat, and they need—they're mm-hmm. already designed uh, to pump out the air. But if you put them in these cabinets, then they can't—they—they they can't breathe properly, and that's what leads to a lot of the overheating issues that we saw. And uh, this could, dates back to the PS3 and Xbox 360. Although those did have uh, design flaws in their own right, people were putting them in cabinets, and they were just collecting so much heat and then the more i thought about it i'm like yeah my ps3 was put in a cabinet for a good chunk of time and then when i'd fix it then it was out in the open it lasted forever right I haven't had that issue so i ex- i expect uh there's going to be a lot of overheating issues with the new gen consoles uh because of because of that exact problem you, got, sure. you, can't, you can't cabinet them
1: no but that's kind of again that's kind of part of the problem right because you also right one of the reasons why people don't uh, well first of all that's how entertainment systems work you generally do cabinet them or at least put them on some sort of shelf um right. when you uh for a lot of people then the option to that is to put them on the ground that has always been a big no when it comes to uh, comes to consoles you should not put your consoles on the ground no never they will right. collect way more dust um yeah. And they'll get clogged, right? So it's like, at a certain point, I feel like it's not—it's going to be harder and harder to justify, right? It's easier. For me, it's always been easier to with a PC because you can always find a place to put it. And PCs have this, uh, have their design and whatnot. there, it, it has its own issues, but it's pretty, as long as you do a thorough job of cleaning it out and it's easier to clean out a PC uh, in general, mm-hmm. it's just, you have so much less trouble with it. Meanwhile, like, I've never had problems with overheating or anything, because my consoles generally, like, I have this, like, uh, this flat top that my TV stands on, and I just put the console on top of there. So, like, they're out in the open, but they're not on the ground. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just dust that out. It's like, it's, that's fine. But, again, I would have the same problem, right, depending, because I'm just running out of space. If I were to buy a PS5, and that thing turns out to be pretty fucking big. (laughs) <laughs> and if, again if they also do that thing that i'm absolutely that i'm fucking i'm certain they will where it's like oh you need to have this uh that like display thing or that fucking um stand. thing under to lay it down you have to stand to lay it down it's like I'm, it's like where am i gonna put this thing then like how am i yeah no so that's just and you know just generally not liking the design i yeah, I'm not. I'm not on board with the PlayStation 5. I've not been on board with Sony for a long time now. Yeah,
0: you've voiced your uh, issues on that.
1: Yeah. I don't like Sony. I don't particularly like Microsoft. I don't like the console market anymore at all. And now I have a proper not PC. Nintendo? Not that Nintendo? It's been so long since i okay. like Nintendo. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> like, so that's Nintendo. Nintendo, they live in the past still. So that's that's my problem. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. but either way, this isn't a gaming cast. Why are we talking Nintendo. games?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of the fan... I mean, fuck, it's the Redleaf Cast Tori. A lot of the fandom crosses over, believe it or not. You're,
1: you're <laughs> not wrong, you're not wrong. But still, I'm, I'm just realized, like, let's maybe we should cut this talk before we just talk about this for, like, an hour. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're right, you're right. Uh, so my, my plan for the next podcast, along with the OVA reviews, is to watch and finish uh, Vinland Saga. Ah yes. Did you finish that, Tori? Of course I did. So then uh, let's plan for that for the next episode. Uh-huh. Kind of go, kind of go through some of these, some of these modern anime that we just uh, we've kind of glossed over and skipped the the whole season previews and reviews. I, I kind of like this format we're we're doing here. I mean, yeah, like I mean,
1: this season has been hard just for the say straight. Uh, I'd like everything got canceled pretty much well not canceled right. delayed so it's like basically in order to put it into context i've recently been starting to try to i've dropped a bunch of shows mm-hmm. i love a bunch of shows. i wasn't watching that many but i dropped a bunch of shows and i have my like select few that i'm trying to finish
0: i'm doing Just, the exact this same thing is,
1: yeah this season is this season is ending right now and until like three or four days ago i would watched approximately i don't know eight episodes of uh, anime, seasonal anime, this whole season. Tower of God. Tower <laughs> of God, uh, some Digimon, some just yeah. other... Like, it, it's it's just, that that basically puts it... Like, as soon as everything got delayed, I basically just put everything on hold and just went to watch other, uh, other anime or just do other things in general. And I feel you. I'm glad because I like that... I like that break because uh, everybody on our anime and whatnot we're kind of freaking out over we not having anime to watch anymore, which I think is silly because there's a lot of anime to watch. But, oh, you yeah. Know. I am mean, just
0: Look at this <laughs> podcast. We, we will never, yeah. ever have a shortage <laughs> of something <Yeah>. to review.
1: <laughs> but meanwhile, I'm just saying, I'm like, I'm actually watching way less anime now because I'm taking a break. Yeah. Like, I fucking, I needed a break. I've, I've been contemplating just, like, dropping out of the seasonal watch, not forever, but, like, for the last couple of seasons, because I've been so burnt down on seasonal watching that I just... Now when this happened, I'm like, finally! I don't have to watch anything. I can just play video games, have fun, watch an episode or two, whenever I feel like it, just keep up with the podcast uh, shows, make sure I finish those in time, and then other than that, I just do whatever. And it's been nice. You, sorry.
0: I'm, the, I'm the exact same way. I'm just I got my little Excel document of all the things i want to watch i'm just hey i'm just taking it day by day this is what i want to watch i wanted to finish uh blade of the immortal for this podcast we needed a uh, a little topic and here we are so uh-huh. i and with that let's uh let's play this drop and move on well first tory mm-hmm. i asked you on twitter
1: <laughs> you did
0: oh yes shall i hit you with mokuri or irashimon until you go mad no.
1: Fucking Mokuri, but that's, that's decent, but Urashima, no.
0: <laughs> Mokuri it is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mokuri!
0: Alright, let me get my notes ready. Mokuri. There we go, okay. Reviewing Blade of the Immortal. I watched this via Amazon Prime, where, uh, where you can find it. Uh, originally, there was a 13-episode adaptation Tory that was first attempted, and I and I use that that term, in the summer of 2008 by a studio called B-Train. Ever heard of them? Me neither. <laughs> I have. Oh, you have. Okay.
1: Yes. Oh.
0: It was very poor adaptation, to say the least. Uh, got universally bad reviews due to basically being heavily censored and having the fights streamlined by cutting to someone talking rather than actually animating anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, a real winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but needless to say, I dropped that piece of shit. It was horrible. This new one was released in the fall of 2019, and I kind of gave my first impressions on it, and I was very impressed, and I was very happy with how it started. And then part two, because the way it comes out, uh, was finished and released in late March 2020, so here we are, uh, you know, <laughs> a few months later. That, yeah, I finally got it done. It's by Studio Linden Films. The Arslan Sankey uh, people were mostly behind this. You might also know that studio. They did a uh, Zerk adaptation of some kind. <laughs> but the director is kind of the more important person. He's Hiroshi Hamasaki. He was behind Technolize and Steinsgate to name a couple. So he has some interesting direction. To say to say the least. But the summary is Edo an era, is an era of warriors. There lived an immortal man, the Slayer of 100. His name's Manji. Go figure. He meets a young girl named Rin, who has sworn vengeance for her parents because they were brutally murdered. Brutally. Tor- Tori. Brutally yes. murdered. Brutally. Like, horrible things happened to them. <laughs> yeah, they were murdered. Uh, That's pretty horrible. Oh, they, <laughs> before they were even murdered, horrible things happened to them. Rin's grudge is against a group of sword masters known as the Itu Ryu. Uh, She asks Manji to be her bodyguard on her journey. He at first refuses, but then sees his late sister and Rin. So that's kind of his little motivation there. Um, So began the violent struggles that would bring even the immortal Manji to his knees. So a very loose summary. The, if you are, want a little bit more detail, uh, Rin wants revenge, and she's 16 uh, when this first starts. And uh, Manji, uh, he has an immortal body. Do these things called bloodworms, which you cut his limb off, the worms will activate, and they will. You basically, he's able to reattach his limbs, uh, cuts will heal. You get the idea. It doesn't mean he's totally immortal, but he basically is. And there's um, the Iturio group is this ragtag group of well, they they call them sword masters in the review, so we'll just we'll just go with or the uh, summary. So we'll go with that. It's headed by this guy named uh, uh, Anatsu Kagetsu, Kagetsu, and he's basically formed this group of people that aren't affiliated with the dojo at all. like these um, standard sword styles, right? uh they all have, they all have their unique weapons uh they're mostly criminals uh banished from their dojos uh they have just the most insane personalities you can imagine they're all very unique to each other and uh their their whole goal is to make their style be unique and universal and so they're
2: going
0: they're going around to all these dojos challenging them and just Breaking breaking these dojos down and taking them over. And it gets to the point where they come across Rin, uh, and because a lot of these people in the Itu Ryo are fucking freaks, uh, they do some horrible and unspeakable things. Rape, murder, plunder, you name it. Imagine the most horrible things you can imagine, and then amplify that. Like one one dude rapes uh her mother. And then another dude takes the mother's head and attaches to his shoulder. And then it's it's wild, wild stuff. The, this anime is not for the faint of heart. Okay? It is super mature. NC17 type stuff, right? It it's samurai shit to say the least, right? Mm. If you follow me, Tori?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So Manji's history is uh he killed these hundred dudes. And uh, finally, he's kind of cornered, and due to his sister kind of being in love with this, du- love with I believe, if I remember correctly, it was a uh, guy of the police. And um, due to un- unforeseen circumstances, he basically accidentally murders his sister, and then this woman comes along and kind of curses him, and that's how he gets the bloodworm thing. Uh, and he has to slay a thousand actual bad people, right?
2: Mm -hmm. and
0: you might so that's his kind of curse and ren and manji kind of uh through this old woman meet and thus he agrees they go on their journey and uh it's a mixture between an episodic meet a samurai of the Iturio, uh challenge him and continue your journey onto finding uh anatsu Kagetsu, right Where this starts to separate into this somber, uh, very slow yet... slow dialogue and fast-paced action is... Rin's character is she starts to struggle between is revenge worth it, the fear of becoming a hypocrite of it all. And meanwhile, Manji speaks words of wisdom because he's lived for so long and he see he's seen all these things to this point in his life and she's still a child and he sees her that way and over the course of their journey and he's speaking these words of wisdom to her she's battling her own inner demons to really believing what she's doing is is right or wrong okay and she even meets Anatsu sporadically throughout the journey she try it's it's all through like things uh instances of separation and that further makes her battle her own psyche and moral values so it's it's from this perspective and the way the story is told it's very good okay Mm -hmm. where the story is quite confusing in a lot of parts is it's streamlined characters that's introduced because you even from someone like me who's read the manga and i know the characters because when reading a manga you you go at your own pace not the anime's pace you can really take in the characters a lot easier and where the anime fails is that space in between to distinguish between these characters are more important than others so for example uh anatsu's kind of right hand woman uh you get a small backstory of Natsu when he was a child and how the woman meets the anime does a very poor job of giving the viewer the importance of this is who this actual person is in the, in their children form and then connecting that to events in the, uh, when you get back to the present, right? Your little flashback and uh, those, those moments are very frequent in the anime mm-hmm. and very confusing. So, that I thought was very poorly done. Um Luckily I've read the manga so I can kind of put the two and two together and it's like, okay, yeah, I remember this scene, that's actually this person, but the anime doesn't do a good job doing that. So that's that's big big minus points there. Cause you you can get easily lost in all these characters. Especially when the characters are changing clothes and appearance all the time and dying and dyeing their hair different colors, you're like, Oh my god, who are these people again? <laughs> <laughs> like Jesus. Uh now how the anime handles arcs being finished and and character arcs being finished is very well done. Uh it creates good cliffhangers, uh creates good um turning points in the story of of uh Rin advancing in age. Like you know we talked about in the Akage no Ayan review how mm-hmm. we can see the journey of Anne getting older, uh her viewpoints changing, um this happens with Rin in Blade of the Immortal. So, it's not totally untelling of how, how she's aging. She's aging and her viewpoints are changing with her. And the anime, uh, once it gets to, uh, once once the arc at episode 12 finishes, and it does like this small little flash forward during uh, the time when Manji is being tortured, uh, I won't spoil that part exactly, Uh the anime it's a little wonky in its in its animation and character art, but it really tries to show you that these people have aged in the story, except Manji because well he's an immortal and he doesn't age, right mm-hmm. but because he's being tortured, he's very uh decrepit he he you know a lot of blood loss <laughs> over and over again, kind of thing. um he's been beaten up, so they do show that for him that he hasn't just been chilling and being immortal in a cell, right? So Rin looks older. Uh, they, they even mention that characters talk to her like, Oh, you've changed a lot. And so you, you see it not just in her, her own dialogue in her appearance as well. And it's not just her, it's other characters. Uh, they they have, uh, characters that have gone through more mental damage. You see, you start seeing lines of their eyes. They look more sad, really, really cool, uh, attention to detail. Um, that you also see in the manga, so that that was done extremely well. All by it, the the some a lot of these uh, character designs do look a little wonky when they start animating things. It's almost like a different people were involved in the second half compared to the first half, so it's okay. very noticeable. Um, so take that for what it's worth. Uh, so when the story starts. Continuing on into its very later stages, when a lot of things are trying are starting to culminate, you get different groups starting coming in. Like your your original antagonist to the story, he kind the more Rin interacts with him, um, you st- you you've st- because you the viewer, start viewing Anatsu differently. It's really cool how story starts bringing in these other groups. And now they're the new big antagonist. They're the bad people. And then they have their own like kind of character redemption arcs. You, know, you, you learn a little bit more about them. Uh, so story-wise, uh, besides not knowing who the characters are, at or any or, or, or um, confusion with the characters at points, uh, everything's done very well. It's very faithful to how the story is told in the manga. Uh, they even improved some sections in my mind. It does skip on an entire arc. Because it does feel like to me, Tori, that this was supposed to be like maybe a thirty-two episode anime that they had to condense down into the twenty-four. You know, you got to get that that number, right?
1: Uh, well, I mean, that's that's obviously decided on in advance, though. So, but
0: yeah, right. Because it felt like it, it felt like a lot of these parts they could they could let more breathing room happen, and you can tell. That was probably the idea. But they only have 24 episodes to shove this all in. So that's, you know, kind of that Yamato situation. Ah, we made it to the planet two episodes later. We're back at Earth. Cool, right? <laughs> it wasn't that egregious, but you can you can tell they're just like, okay, so this happened. Let's take two seconds to breathe, and then we'll just move on to the next one. Instead of, say, they're back at a, uh, let's call it a brothel or a hotel or whatever you call it, and they're... They're looking at each other and chilling and recovering, right? There's there's not a lot of recovery periods in the anime mm-hmm. that it desperately could have used, because um, it would have let you get to know the characters a little bit more. They would have had that more somber feeling. It was much more well done in the first half compared to the second half. But the second half has a lot more action to it because it's a lot of a lot of characters coming to their conclusions and meeting their fates, and the 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 fights feel like samurai fights like, it really does a good job on me ma- because what's a samurai fight at the end of the day they face off they stare at each other there's that period of super tense uh moments and then they come at each other limbs fly and they're dead like it's really quick it's not
1: yeah let's say the entire point of the samurai sword fighting is literally that it is it is death in a swing right they don't they don't block like you often see in a lot of like uh samurai movies <laughs> well certain samurai movies at least where it's like ah, oh, i parried your your strike and tried to get it it is generally like uh the same thing you see often like with uh with like the kendo fighting and whatnot where it's like it's not necessarily always over the head that's for safety reasons but it's like <laughs> they're standing there and it's like Boom, go going for that one shot kill. That's like, you know, it's not exactly uncommon when you look at like samurai history and whatnot for them to basically both perish because they both just slash each other.
0: <laughs> right. So <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah, so the anime does a really good job It's like this is actually what samurai fighting is and people with wacky weapons and so it gives you it gives you a fun feel to it all. And this anime um. does not shy away from showing limbs get cut off chunks of meat hanging everywhere uh slow motion to see like there's one scene where uh anatsu is fighting against uh the successor group of the mugai ryu okay um another antagonist group so he's facing off against this leader and anatsu takes his sword into this dude's face and it goes slow motion to seeing his eye getting like punctured out, and part of his face. And then it goes cut. He dodged just at the last second, but his eye's fucked up, right? And he goes, and then he goes, "I've paid a, I've paid a small price for the end result. Just my eye." It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, now he's blind.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, Blade of the Immortal. That's based on an old manga, right?
0: I mean, 2002. Okay,
1: never mind that. Yeah, because I was
0: th- because I was trying to think. Like I'm like
1: the more you talk about this, this definitely feels more like the uh, the older uh, like an older style of uh, storytelling, where it's like a lot of the. But that I think about it, I guess you also have Shigurui, which is also kind of like a samurai. Although those are disgraced samurai, like yeah, right. but just samurai without lords. But like those those that should have died and kind of the way they get treated. And that's I guess that's kind of similar in the sense that like seeing how they get played with by their lords and whatnot, having their stomachs sliced open just for mm-hmm. fun, and like, cripple, like you're missing limbs, but you have to f- fight some other dude for the lord's entertainment and shit like that, and yeah. pretty gruesome. That was also like 2006, I think.
0: Okay. Yeah, the um, there's the other big complaint I have uh, throughout all this positivity to to this review is how characters recover <laughs> uh, yeah it doesn't do a good job of that like how these people survive certain instances like half his foot and leg was taken out uh, but yet he's walking and then you cut to him later he's just got a bandage on him like come on there's a point where anatsu he's like yeah I got tetanus I'm probably gonna die and because they didn't show this entire arc they don't address how he recovers from tetanus <laughs>
2: he's just <laughs>
0: totally fine I'm like God, god so there's uh, this this woman has uh, a lung disease, but the, the anime never tells you like what she has or why. It's just she coughs up blood. She looks like she's just in this on death's bed at all times. Uh, but if you've read the manga, you know she got it from her parents. She has it, that kind of thing. Um, uh, it's a lot of show don't tell, but way too much. You know, just just a simple line of dialogue would it would handle a lot of this. That was never addressed.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously that's not how show don't tell work. It's not a case of like not no don't address it. Like I mean, there are certain things that like for example, let's say you have a character in a wheelchair, right? Mm. While it would be nice to know why he was in a wheelchair. It's not like that is focus number one. I don't need to be introduced to this guy as if with the reason for why he's in a wheelchair like it, it helps but it's not needed it can be something when you finally get into a story later right but when you have right. somebody who's like oh she has this fucking lethal disease well, how do you know well she's coughing up blood okay I mean why or <laughs> I got my foot chopped off are you, are you okay yeah just just a flesh wound just give me a bandage I'm okay
0: <laughs> yeah there's a, lot of, there's a lot of that in this anime how do these people recover? Like, did they go somewhere? <laughs> um, there was a funny instant where, uh, one of the, Itu Rio, uh, one of the, one of the few good guys <laughs> in, in this anime, he's, he, he, he does this life and death battle and this dude looks like he's on death's door and mind you just goes, here's some money, go to a doctor and then it cuts like four episodes later. He's back and he chucks, He chucks, like, the change back at Manji. He's like, yeah, here's the rest. (laughs) And he's totally fine. Like, what happened? (laughs) There's no way you survived.
1: (laughs) No, it was my twin brother. It
0: was unintentional comedy type stuff. Uh, The the end is... (sighs) Not exactly clear what happened at the end um it's it's a it's it's a big dialogue sequence and the manga did this too but it didn't i may have missed it in the anime i i, I w- tried watching it a couple times like did i mi- do i keep just missing where they explained what happened at the end uh before another time skip right cuz is immortal so you can imagine you know he lives uh <laughs> Uh, but it doesn't explain, like, what happened to Manji exactly, uh, why, why he parted into his own way, uh, what was his motivation behind it. They just kind of briefly mention a phrase, but it doesn't exactly explain what his true motivation was why what his decision was why he chose that decision and the manga kind of does a better job of it but even then that's that's a problem in the story in general so I was kind of hoping in the anime adaptation they were going to do a better job with it not worse <laughs> <laughs> so that's that you know those are my complaints I I'm very impressed with this anime adaptation I ended up giving it an 8 out of 10 uh because the it was I thought it was well animated. They, they did some artistic choices, especially at the end with some of the final battles. Uh, they did a, a great job showing you the aging of the characters, uh, dialogue changing between the characters. You know, when, when you get more wise, you start speaking differently, addressing things defer- differently. The uh, Even side characters had uh, great development um, throughout. Like, bi- like, big moments in their fighting and, and meeting other characters changed them. And you see the younger people go through more changes because they're more influenced. So again, a lot of what we talked about in our uh Anna Green Gables review. So mm-hmm. well, I, yeah. I got I got a lot of good positives coming out of this Blade of the Immortal adaptation. Yes, some things could have been done better, but I'm very pleasantly pleased. Uh, I hope this gets a physical release because I will I would get it in a second. Um, I would rewatch the show. It was very enjoyable. Very impressed. Oh. Uh-huh.
1: Nice, and I also just want to point out, I was right. It was an older manga. It was from nineteen ninety-three. Lady of the Immortal. Yes.
0: I thought it was from two thousand two. No, nineteen
1: ninety-three. two thousand two. That could possibly be. No, it finished in twenty twelve. <laughs> there was no. a light novel from two
0: thousand eight. Oh, it is from ninety-three. Oh, it okay. Finished in twenty.
2: 20- right. Hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. Now, nah, because I, I was like, I swear, like it sounds from the way you're describing, it literally sounds like an older manga, and I, I could have sworn I've no, I've read about uh, about it before, and I, I could have sworn it wasn't from the two thousands, but I mean,
0: I mean, a good chunk of it so, was in you know, the two thousands. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, it was.
0: Yeah,
1: but you know, it's just the way the way it the way it's described, it's like it's not. Now it is an ONA so it makes sense for why they could get away with certain things, but it's like. These types of stories don't fly anymore. We're way past the time of, you know, ninja scroll and stuff like right. that. Chelsea's and,
0: up two to one now, by the way.
1: I don't know. I have I have the game on in the background, so <laughs> if I just go quiet for a while, you know why.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm totally professional there, one hundred percent professional.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh. No, and the and the way the way it finishes, you know, if if um it opens it up for a part two, uh, a sequel, if you will. Uh, that would totally make sense in its little universe that it has. Because, well, if you're an immortal man, Highlander type shit, you know, <laughs> we got more shit to do. Oh. It's all tied together. I, I'm very impressed. Uh, I was, I was very worried, uh, especially with um, Seven Seeds adaptation, that disaster. Oh.
1: A, oh, I mean, this wasn't Gonzo, so, so you know, there's that. It
0: was not Studio Gonzo. It was uh,
2: Lady Films, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, it had it on. had a
0: good director. I mean, I, he's, he does a lot of uh, key animation stuff, and you can definitely tell that he he knows what he's doing with that. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I've said it. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Like, studio matters. But at the end of the day, you should also look at who actually makes these things. Right. Because sometimes you'll realize that while the studio might not necessarily have the best pedigree, all of a sudden you'll see that, oh, wait, the director, he's done a lot of good stuff for, because they, you know, not every director or every animator or every writer or every is tied down to a studio. Some of them actually just move around.
0: Right. Some are freelancers. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All righty. Yeah, I, I if you're into some samurai, mature, uh, not safe for work, not for the faint of heart anime, I do recommend this one.
1: Yeah, no, like I said, I, I definitely I thought about watching it. I kind of forgot about it. That's why I haven't seen it. But um, yeah, I thought about watching it. I skipped out on it. And I could probably check that out sometime in the future. I haven't seen like a, um, I guess Bachelor's was the last. Like it's not, I wouldn't even call it mature. Mm. It's kind of gory at times, but well, it's not exactly gory. mature. Yeah. The last proper, like, mature uh, samurai uh, anime I watched, I guess, would be Shigurui, which is just.
0: Man, <laughs> that thing is disgusting <laughs> at times.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh. Alrighty. Let's get moving on to why we're all here. I guess I'll play. And what drop do I wanna play?
1: I don't know, JD, what drop do you wanna play? <laughs> <laughs> there you go, that's your drop.
2: Now <laughs> it's time we start dealing with the business at hand.
0: Alrighty. I played uh Helsing. I don't think we've done that one in a long time.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> Legend of the Galactic Heroes, part three on this. Season 3 if you will Uh, Episodes 55 through 86 Studio Artland The Mushishi people And not surprisingly enough The other parts of Legend of Galactic (laughs) Wow,
1: What? Are you trying to tell me they did the entire series? I'm
0: telling you that It is uh, not a What's the anime? It's a Yatsura (laughs) situation
1: (laughs) Oh yeah no, That's always fun
0: I think they changed studios like halfway through or something I know they went through, like, four directors. (laughs) Yeah, well,
1: Uh, I mean, Uruthe Oscar was long as well, so that makes sense. Uh,
0: Director Noboru Ishiguro, the Macross guy, I don't know if he's continuing being the director at this point in the series, but we'll assume. All of Part 3 was released from July 1994 to February 1995. This is an OVA form that spans 110 episodes. I, of course, highly recommend going back and listening to our review of Part 1 back in episode 39 and part 2 in episode 61 so we hit and part, part
1: four, 3 when we do that in the future
0: <laughs> yeah we hit part 3 much quicker <laughs> this time around oh <laughs> uh, yeah uh all right so i'll just do a little summary f- that i took from uh i, I kind of made my own thing it's uh, more or less from giniapedia uh, ginaepedia Ginei, guinea whatever 32 episode, yeah. third series, covers volumes 6 to 8 of the original novels that Legend of Galactic, Galactic Heroes is based on. Not to be confused, this is the original one. This isn't the, the new whatever studio made the... The, the Neue Tessa, uh, IG, wasn't it? Right.
2: Pretty yeah. sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, but Reinhard von, Lohen- von Lohengram achieves uh, almost all his goals. Uh, the Golden Goldenbaum Dynasty has been overthrown. The Free Planet Alliance is fucking defeated and occupied at this point. They're screwed. Uh, one of the main themes is the comparison between a corrupt democracy and efficient di- dictatorship and the moral issues of such a situation uh, with Yang Wenli standing for democracy because a corrupt democracy can be amended while dictatorship can be overthrown by force. And a wise dictator is an exception to the rule. So that's our ongoing moral issue throughout, Um, and that's way important for season three. Mm. Uh, That is, uh, I think, the the big crux of what we're going through, because, Tori, the first two parts had a lot of battles in it. Yes. Not a lot of political dialogue. We've reached the point... Wow.
1: I, I would still say that's a lot of political dialogue in the first two parts, but no nowhere, nowhere near like here.
0: Right, yeah. Part three a lot of, because, like Part
1: them. one and two deals a lot with history as well. There is some history, especially the history of Terra in part three, mm-hmm. but it's like um, uh, for the most part, it's mostly political. Uh, whereas kind of the first two parts balance all of that like politics, history and battle.
0: I agree, yeah. It's much much more balanced than the first two parts. This one is... I mean, there's still a couple battles in here. Yeah. When I say a couple battles, ends. it's like five episodes in total
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh, out of these 32. Uh, so to recap um, two a bit, uh, we saw the rise to power of Reinhard as Prime Minister and Supreme Commander of the Imperial Forces. Meanwhile, the neutral planet Phazon, uh, which is located in the middle between these two forces, was invaded by the Empire... Uh, Yang, for the Federation, tries to uh, basically save Heinesen, the Alliance planet, and the Alliance forces. Some forces for the Empire, behind Reinhardt's back, takes over Heinesen, the federations you know, slash Alliance's home planet, and they commit the unconditional surrender. This is this is important because now Yang orders uh, Marikatz, uh one of his big commanders, to go into hiding, basically and we get our big cliffhanger of Yang and Reinhardt meeting face-to-face, having their big philosophical conversation. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that's where we left off. That's kind of what happened in part two. And we are now in uh, ISE 799 to 780. No. 779. Probably what that meant. Typo. Imperial year 490-491. Uh, so three years have passed since the series first began in our little storyline here. Oh, a lot has happened in three years. <laughs> uh, so I... God, this took forever to kind of... Yeah, I, I,
1: Before you keep going, I just want to cut in and say something. In case you're wondering why the years are going to get really confusing, it's because not only do we have fucking like, an ISA and uh, Imperial year, we also start getting another another new fucking uh,
0: yeah new, year in, new imperial into play. year one and
2: ugh.
1: yeah so now there's a every episode starts with basically a recap of what year it is or what day date it is yeah, it's, it's like you get wild. a bunch of different dates it's like oh god yeah you gotta, you <laughs> gotta
0: really, yeah you gotta uh, create a uh, logbook of your own um, <laughs> so basically this this the what we're gonna talk about in part three takes place in a year that's the important part. We 3 years have gone by and what we're experiencing now is over the course of a year in their little timeline. Uh so to set up uh the start of part 3 here, season 3 is basically Yang is marrying uh Frederica, his uh you know, his his left-hand woman, if you will. Um uh, and the empire is watching him chill all while meerkats is basically setting up uh, the Invasion Resistance Force, and Yulian, his adopted son and uh, protege, heads to Earth, Terra, uh, for the terrorist cult. Earth cult people get some data on uh, what their role is in the universe. Um, And during this time, we also get the big universal history lesson, which is quite cool and important.
1: Yeah, I actually really like the... uh... Uh, like I'm not been. I mean, I, I understand. I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the history lessons. I haven't been very big on how it's presented because you know it's kind of presented like a boring college course. But um, that's that's okay. Um, the uh, but the whole the whole the, like Earth Church uh, on Terra. It's like you know I was expecting to be like okay yeah you know we we've gotten fed pieces of uh, information over time. So I was expecting that to be kind of short, but Jesus Christ, they really went—they really went in on that thing. <laughs> uh.
2: Yeah,
0: no, and it's all from uh, Julian's recount of history, what he's learned, and he's also teaching us, the viewer. It's really cool. I, lo- I love mm. how it was done, and this is important, uh, and and he references uh, more other things uh, historically that the universe has gone to, and uh, Yang gets the old used as a scapegoat political play and is thus rescued. that's a that's a big chunk of our beginning here. Uh, mm. which I think is really funny because you have the uh, imperial forces aka the Empire looking at every, like, fucking thing he does and he's just drinking brandy, hanging out at home, he's married.
1: Yeah, that's funny part where it's like, he has to be plotting something. There's no (laughs) way he's just this lazy bum who likes to lay around (laughs) sleeping and just not do any work. Meanwhile, you know, we've been watching uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes for a while now and we know, know that is exactly who he is. This is is the perfect life for him. He (laughs) doesn't have to do anything. He can just sit around.
0: (laughs) He can sit around, not a care in the world. He, and what's funny is he trusts his last words for the people he trusts to go through with their plan. Like he, his role is to not do anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's, he's all for that role. (laughs) Oh yeah. But of course the, the empire is like, fuck this dude. No, he, he's the head dude. He's has to be plotting something. He's the reason why we're losing to these resistant forces. He's mm-hmm. the reason why our political distrust is is happening right now. He's the re- it's like total Game of Thrones thing, right? Yeah, completely. It's 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 it, fucking fantastic. And
1: I love how they're they're even th- talking about like, well, maybe we should just frame him and have him God guard- taking him out because you know the whole thing that kind of becomes important here for a little bit as well is that like, um, uh, under the Empire, like how how to deal with people like him, potential threats. right? And, you know, there are some people that just think that all oh, potential threats should be eliminated. Like, whether or not they actually are, just, it doesn't matter if they're, they are criminals or whatnot, they should just be removed. And there's oh, a yeah. lot of talk about whether or not the... Medieval uh, Tactics 101, happen, right?
0: right?
1: Yeah. And Take over so like, the king, you kill, kill his
0: family. There.
1: Yes. But, um, <laughs> obviously, uh, Lohengrim doesn't, uh, doesn't want that. Like, he's, he's very much against this, because, you know, Kind of funny. He needs young, because as he as he says uh, as he said before, and he'll say again later on in this uh, in this part as well. In order for him to like perform maximal uh, at his best, to be like the undefeatable leader, he needs a he needs an enemy, right? And you know because he is who he is, and because he is so powerful, it's not just any enemy. It can't just be any small like you know uprising. It has to be someone who actually is capable of fighting against him. And that's really only Young who is capable of doing that. So he doesn't want him. Uh, you know, and then it becomes that, like, moral dilemma. It's like, is it okay to just remove potential threats versus letting them stay and potentially build up to a bigger issue later and all of that shit? And I, I love how I love how these are problems that are going to come up on both sides, uh, both the uh, Republic Democratic as well as the other side because it's just, it kind of goes to shows, like, it, it kind of just goes to shows, like, it doesn't, this show doesn't gain anything from trying to, uh, like, frame somebody as just being like, oh, these are the big bad guys who does big bad stuff, right? It's like, they're still trying to be be a legitimate government. They are, they have their own ideas of how to do that. And then, you know, people within that test their own ideas of how that should properly work, you know, an ideal, um, an ideal scenario for both, uh, both ruling sets. And, you know, it never, it never works out that way because I mean, just look at human history and politics over, you know, the last while well, generally the idea and implementation is generally not, not the same, is it?
0: <laughs> right. A good, a good idea. Uh, well, I mean, we can compare like universal healthcare. It's a great mm-hmm. idea, but in America with so much cultural standing, how do you implement it to work when the government has, uh, made something. So what's the word I want to use. They've made it into its own federation rather than Mm -hmm. having, having things done by the state individually. Right. Because let's say New York city makes a lot of money and Louisiana makes no money. Right. Or they're in debt. Mm -hmm. Uh, you could implement the healthcare into New York uh a lot easier than Louisiana. So that's that's where that lies. And you see you see a lot of you I mean you can compare society today with Legend of Galactic Heroes and how the political plays, the chess pieces are moving, if you will. Uh how people with Reinhardt are trying to look out in his best interest, but also find ways to keep their position if they're worried about it maybe move up in the ladder i mean we see we see a lot of issues with Royenthal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I got the character right where he he wants to move up but he realizes he's reached his ceiling right and he'll never break that get glass ceiling because if he does he would then become the emperor or uh, emperor. um well yeah we can use that word why not? Supreme mm-hmm. Commander, Prime Minister, use whatever word you want to use. And he yeah. has his own issues behind it, so he's like, okay, well, if I want to keep my position, I have to remove the people from mm-hmm. under me trying to take mine now at this point. And Oberstein is the the same way, but they have two different ideologies on how to go about that. Removing Yang, for example. Removing uh, people possibly uh, plotting uh, different Different federations, I guess, is a is a word we can use. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, um, let's continue on with the Legend of Galactic Heroes story here, because uh, then it'll make more sense as we go on. Uh, hmm. So I brought up the history lesson and why it's important, because now we basically start to see history repeat itself in many ways in this universe, right? From a new democratic planet being formed in uh, El Seal, which is important because that's the planet that Yang himself saved. Uh, in the past mm-hmm. so they become a new democratic planet very much like Heinesen did all those generations ago uh and then the empire using force to unite society they don't want they don't want society to break apart into different factions they want it all under one rule so yes history has now repeated itself yet again and then of course back to the death star aka ezerlone <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> cuz that's that's where everything uh keeps coming back to is this huge uh, military maneuver, and how important it is. And that that's when we finally get our first battle, and it's a long time. It's like halfway through. We get our first big battle, and that's the Battle of Mar Adeta in the Star Zone. Uh, this is our first major turning point due to Ezerlone being important for uh, supply routes. The Imperial forces uh, are now officially or are starting to betray and decimate each other, including their new alliance. And I use that pun fully intended because it's ironic they have an alliance with the alliance they go and then at the end they go nah middle finger you guys are scum we're killing you all <laughs> uh yeah and then their forces their forces that uh, surrendered aka the end of the free planet alliance is now done so yeah we've seen a empire uh we've seen rome fall or rise and fall in the course of this uh anime now
2: basically.
0: Mm-hmm. So now we're left with Alpha Seal, uh, Yang's uh, group uh, that's come. The remaining, I guess, leaders of the Free Planet Alliance are now on this on, on this planet and at Ezerlone, and now we have the Empire has almost total control of the universe except this one small part, but yet we can't forget about the Earth cult. There's a reason why that was important, why Julian went there in the first place.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, there you go. At this point, I'm, like, full in on all the political discourse starting to take place. Uh, we've seen the rise and fall of, of, of Rome, if you will, and, and uh, we're, we're starting to see things, um, starting to see how new things are going to be built up now. How, 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 are, how are our quote-unquote good guys going to rise back? Then from this point forward, we get our terrorism, we get our sa- assassination plots, we get our infighting among the Empire, uh, basically your Game of Thrones-type pace and dialogue, and showmanship. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Uh, everyone's got their own things going on, basically, and it's all tied to Reinhardt, basically. He is our our central figure that we're either fighting for or against including the people among him in his group. Uh, this is very important because he re- Reinhardt himself realizes that because it's it's been this military dictatorship for so long, he realizes that everybody in, in places of power now have no political expertise at all. All they know is how to go into battle and kill people. <laughs> they don't know how to yeah. deal with the people. And that's where... Everything starts falling apart for Reinhardt. It's so fascinating. It's very fun. If you're into this kind of uh, story that develops here, uh, season three is going to be great for you. If you're not into that kind of stuff and a lot of this political dialogue and issues that that fall and rise because of it, you might struggle through season three. Uh, yeah,
1: well, I mean, like, the biggest thing that I think people are going to have trouble with, and I know this from personal experience as well, is the fact that, like, because there's been so much brewing, and that it's kind of all coming together now, you kind of get to that point where it's like, you feel a little bit of that, like, exhaustion uh, buildup, right? Yeah. Because it's like, something is introduced, characters are appearing, reappearing, getting, getting new positions, having new new snakes in this new characters are getting are who you have might have heard mentioned before are actually also stepping up to the plate now getting right, into right. the limelight getting screen time for the first time and it's it's starting to get to that point where it's like you you sit there and as somebody who you know don't make a ha- don't have a habit of taking notes on uh, when watching anime you really start feeling like i probably should have been writing down <laughs> down names and shit like that because this is starting to get to a point now where i'm like Whenever I hear a name get her up, I'm like yes, I, I remember that name. That was um uh who was that who was that again? <laughs> it's what was this important? Oh right, that guy.
0: <laughs> it's very tough. Uh the the way I went about it, at least for this podcast in my personal notes, were you remember who's the most you you, you put I at least I put it in my mind, who are the people most important oh. uh to Yang? to Reinhardt and then remember the Earth Cult is still there. So uh-huh. in in Yang it's it's always uh Attenborough, Merkatz, mm-hmm. and Julian. Those are your three yes. people basically. Um there's the there's the what's his name? There's a fourth guy. His his like <laughs> uh, uh his his most important commander uh his like third commander if you will. It's not Merkatz, it's not uh Attenborough it's it's um let's call him Schwartz I don't know <laughs> I forget
1: uh yeah but, but you say that that's my point <laughs>
0: yeah, no no yeah but <laughs> it, it's 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 important just why he matters uh, yeah, and then no, and no. then with Ryan and then with Reinhard it's his health that you're now always questioning mm-hmm. uh his marriage life which is now important uh Oberstein Royenthal and then all of his other commanders are just scattered about doing their own thing um, mm-hmm. guys will come and go so yes uh that leads us to the battle of the corridor okay so the corridor is Ezerlone it's it's been numero uno very important Death Star uh location since basically the start of the series and this is kind of a last ditch effort because as we know the, the alliance has fallen we have El Fassil being the, the solo democratic planet because um, Faison is no longer independent either and Ezerlone is their big military last breaking point so Reinhardt's like let's fuck this up once we take this out it's over right because then El Seal will have no uh, well no reason to not just surrender right there's no more military against them. So mm-hmm. Yang's brilliance and the use of terrain, if you will, I mean, we are in space, but you get the idea. Uh, he's against the Empire's sheer numbers at this point. And remember, we three years have passed. like their their little hundred year war has already decimated the universe's population. And now we have three I mean- more years of just everyone dying. Oh, just
1: yeah millions and millions of people you know you don't really and I, I understand why it's like this but you don't really get a uh get a good sense of that right because it, it's it's hard to do right because it is kind of just like yep and just like that another three million was lost another one hundred forty six thousand was lost another right. it's like it, it's always just kind of whenever they get to it it's always just like a big number they drop on you all of a sudden like, yep it's like okay so, you know, you don't, you don't really get a big, um, uh, you know, you don't really get any connection to it, but you really do start, start to question after times like, how many people do we have left? Wow. How many people like are we dealing with this? And, you know, uh, because of the situation being what it is, right? Not only is the empire bigger than ever, uh, Young's forces and, you know, the uh, Republic Democratic forces, because of the situation they find themselves in, they are also less than they've ever been.
0: And so, it, even, you know. it even says uh just to cut to the end it even says like how many people are left basically on either side on both sides hmm. these numbers have dwindled to nothing in comparison because we started with i think it was like a hundred billion or something hmm. on the empire side and i forget how many million was on the alliance side and now at by the end of it the our little Federation Alliance people, Yang's forces are nine hundred forty thousand, and the Empires are there themselves in the hundreds of millions. So we've gone from billions to millions, and then millions to just a hundred, uh, uh nine hundred thousand. They have less than a million left. So the population in the universe is very low, to say the the least, at this point. Mm-hmm. But still. We got numbers versus terrain. Uh, the uh, because Yang is smart as hell when it comes to strategy. The Empire just goes, all right, battle of attrition. <laughs> we our numbers are bigger, and that's what we'll do. And uh, the Empire is on the brink of finally breaking the line. And uh, this is due to that fourth guy uh, under Yang. Um, he dies in battle from this battle of attrition. He finally falls.
2: And oh that...
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I remember the, the the fucking the strategist. Uh fucking yes. the, the information. The guy who fucking always uh relays his uh orders around.
0: Yes. So oh, he finally God. falls. That is that is cutting the legs off of Yang's forces. They're about to fall, right? The line is broken. And Reinhardt passes out to sickness. He's down again,
2: Tori. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah, South has been a big problem, but I mean that makes sense overwork is a real thing and uh where uh, young is a uh, a lazy bum <laughs> Reinhardt is the exact opposite he uh, he has goals and ambitions to achieve he doesn't have time for breaks or you know he is the um, <laughs> he is the supreme leader there is no there is no time when he is not at work there's no time where he is not having to be this perfect old, almighty leader so
0: yeah, I mean he can only t- he can only take care of his glorious golden hair for so long
1: yep.
0: <laughs> before it starts falling and, you know, out.
1: <laughs> and at this point, his uh, his ambition is keeping him going because food is no longer necessary.
0: Right. Yeah. So uh, he goes down. A ceasefire is called because the empire is so reliant on one guy that they just can't take matters into their own hands. Unlike the Federation, Yang's democratic leaders, where if one guy falls, another will just chain of command, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Pros and cons to both sides there. Uh, shortly after this, though, the cultists jump. The Earth cultists, they finally show their faces because Yang and, and the leaders are leaving alone to to, you know, go do their next steps. And then, just like that, just out of nowhere, the cultists jump the ship, and Yang just dies from bleeding out from a gunshot wound to the leg. Just, pshh, yeah. Pshh, no problem. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. When they were going to uh, negotiate with uh, Reinhardt right, after yeah. the sea fire was cold, uh, they get invaded by um, somebody you would think would be from the Empire, but they're actually uh, Earth cultists. Right. It was all set up and, that,
0: that you think it's the infighting, right? And,
1: yeah, and there's the. Um, and there's kind of the big problem with the big numbers of the empire. They don't know who all of them are, so there turns out to be a lot of uh infiltration into the empire. They get to that a little bit later, but they you know what was it after the fire and whatnot they took in up uh, they obviously first caught in the uh the kind of uh independent peace uh peace squad mm-hmm. um or but like after that whole thing, they ended up having to round up a bunch of more like Four hundred thousand Earth cultists or whatever the fuck. I know that was like that was some almost absolutely. Ha- it's almost massive half the Federation number.
0: forces. Yeah,
1: that was some sort of massive number, anyways, right? And it's just, it's just real. It's like these are just people that are literally just walked into the military on the Empire side. It's Like that's that's kind of scary, and you know they are they are all being controlled as well for a for their own
0: purpose. And well, I mean, they're all drugged out on their minds. They are, <laughs> and you know that that whole thing starts. It's just, it's insane.
1: And what I love as well is not just that they killed off Young, because let's be real, the saying says itself, and we've known this for a long time. Young has said it many, many times as well, uh, but, uh, or something similar to it. Uh, You you either die a hero or see yourself, or or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Exactly. Young was lucky enough to die a hero, but, right? It's like... There's been dissent even in later, later times. There's been dissent with Young as well because not everybody agrees with his decisions. Not everybody likes the way he goes about things. People don't think he's ambitious enough. They don't think he he has that like go go getter drive. You know they start comparing him to Reinhardt. It's like he goes and gets stuff, and this guy's kind of just sitting here. It's like you know you can kind of see the seed of dissent sowing. So for. Well, it is seen as a kind of hit to the Democratic Republic, but kind of the same thing that was established when uh, Young was finally detained
2: mm-hmm.
1: before the uh, alliance kind of broke uh, broke up. But like when he was detained, like where they, t- where they were talking about how in order to keep going, they needed a sacrifice. Well, obviously they had to avoid that. But at the end of the day, you kind of see that same thing because dissatisfaction was happening. And then kind of everybody could unite together under Young's ideals again after he kind of lost, or died. So, it's just, again, it's it's very interesting. There's, there's yeah, no, there's a lot going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's also important to know that Yang and Yulian uh, had one final kind of talking through the night moment of, mm-hmm. it, you know, and and it really foreshadows, like, a passing of knowledge moment, pass- yeah. a passing of the torch. And, uh you know, kudos to the series for killing off Yang the way they did. And as early as they did, you know, you, you know, most stories you would think this, a character of this importance would last till almost the end, right? That, that Gundam ideal, right? No one, no one important dies until the end situation. (laughs) If Uh If they will at all. Uh, and Yang's death basically splits the Alliance because now they have no leadership, uh, or at least no central leadership. Um, you get Yulian's, you get Yulian's um, inheritance of Yang's ideals, and then you have the old alliance going off to do their own thing, the El uh people, if you will. And then because of this death, now the Empire doesn't have their enemy. And this is when they really realize they are all military and zero, zero, pol- uh, zero politics to it all. A major issue that we will uh, see now in the fourth season, so both both uh, parties are now split into their own ideals ironically. Uh and then we leave the season off with a on a somber note with many questions and one of our main characters is now dead.
2: Uh-huh. Pretty crazy yeah.
0: ending. Uh, it's extremely well done, I feel. I uh, really it, it's it's not like what's going to happen next on Dragon Ball Z You're situation.
2: Ball
0: <laughs> it it is it is what's going to happen in this universe, what is going to happen with Reinhardt being sick? Yang's dead. Uh, how's Julian going to handle, uh, taking over, uh, you know, taking up the mantle. Um, are there going to be more assassination attempts on, on Reinhardt? Uh, is someone yeah, under, underneath it? Are we going to have a, um, uh, Oh shit. Uh, uh, what, what's his, what's his face from, uh, uh, Alexander the Great moment, where he'll just be poisoned out of nowhere type situation.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. Like, and then you know, you obviously still have the um. You have the uh like things like for example like um, with Oberstein under uh, under Reinhardt, that whole situation. Mm-hmm. There's obviously something going on there. Oberstein having his own little ideas. Bruentrall got to figure out himself as well because you know he is kind of still stuck in between that. Those two places, he is a very um, ambitious man himself.
0: Yep. Wants and to break through glass what... ceiling, but he's yep. still kind of afraid to do that due to the consequences of it all. Yeah, well, yeah,
1: because he wants to serve under uh, Reinhardt as well. Right. He doesn't want to kind of break that, but simultaneously he wants to. Because he likes breaking stuff, I guess.
0: <laughs> but, um, <laughs> sure, sure. Like,
1: and you have that. And as well, you know, we really got to see now for the first time, right? Because we've heard about the Earth Cultists a lot. But, you know, it's kind of been this like distant thing. They're not really... Like, they're involved. But, like, yeah, how big is their uh, reach, really? And now we, for the first time, really started to see how how they've infested the Empire in particular. So it's like, how is that going to play out going forward? Because I would assume that's... That's gonna change a lot in the uh, in the final arc. So it's like there's there's so much there's so much going on. I I think I have. I'm, I'm not really gonna say anything. I think I have some sort of idea of where this is gonna end up going in the end. Yeah. Mostly just based on the fact that it is called the Legend of the Galactic Heroes. And if you know anything about legends, if you've ever read a legend before. <laughs> you you usually know how those go, but you know,
0: <laughs> uh, going uh, yeah, be interesting. <laughs> yeah, and I have seen the fourth season before. Like like I said before, we started this little journey. I have seen the entire series. My memory of the fourth season in like important moments isn't as good as it used to be. So I really have to rewatch season four, not uh, pick apart important episodes and season three, and then take my notes and and get get the uh, political situations aligned in my head and uh, <laughs> how everything's, you know, it's not the same season four is, is very loose in my head. I'm like, man, what do I remember exactly? It's a lot tougher. Uh, but I, I, I can say I was very happy with how it ends. So looking forward to how we finish off the series, uh, much more political based in this time, time around. Uh, I really did like the battle of the corridor, because of how important like it, it was, it, it did feel like a major turning point in this uh, universe's history. We've lost a main character. Uh, it's very well done. Um, I'm, you know, of course, I'm sticking with my nine out of ten rating here. Uh, it's just very word heavy. I, I will warn anybody if you're if you're wanting for for that more balance of battle to political chess situation it's a lot more skewed into. uh, it's a lot more skewed to the, well, political movement side this time around.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It definitely is. That's the
0: big warning of this Season 3.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it is, uh, watching Legend of Galactic Heroes is always gonna be a a daunting task. It's, um, it's a show that I definitely would recommend people to to check out. I understand that it's not easy, it's, you know, 110 episodes, but... (laughs) It's. It does still. I I haven't always been on board with Galactic Heroes, like you know, kind of the. Uh, I don't. I don't. I'm not super into the whole frigid storytelling line of a lot of uh, of this one uh, this one show and a lot of shows like it, where it is uh, like it is very controlling of the story. It gives uh-huh. you exactly what it wants when it wants. I am. I definitely learned watching this that i'm way more into uh a lot more like freeform but that being said that is not from any fault of the show it's not because the show is weak in its presentation or in its story it's quite the opposite it's really fucking good at that And like i said you could just i mean for fuck's sake you can you can make you could have an entire just teach an entire fucking college class on the on the fucking history of this show, just based on the history lessons they give you in this in this show. There's so much there's just so much detail that's gone into it and just it's it's impressive. They really they really didn't uh, they really didn't hold back when they were trying to develop this entire this entire universe. No, they, they took their
0: time no. in getting every single message across at their own pace, and that's the big benefit to it being an OVA that took place Mm -hmm. over 110 episodes. They're like, this is how many, this is how many, however long it takes, this is how we're going to tell our story. Uh Because I I mentioned in the Blade of the Immortal review, it felt like they, it should have been like a 32 episode anime, but they had Uh to condense some certain things, change some certain things, so it could fit into this time frame narrative that they they signed a contract to, uh, to put it lightly. This one has no restrictions that's Mm. why we get 32 episodes here and it told the story that it needed to tell over however long it took right and that's what makes it so good it the the la the the total lack of restrictions to it's it's free form in the case of this is how we're telling the story period
1: Mm -hmm. what i find really interesting as well looking at because i was just curious to see uh, about the original novel that it's based on, what is definitely interesting looking at that is that the novel itself is not actually that long. It's only ninety-four chapters.
0: Well, this one it takes. To... Uh, it's what did I write down? Seven, eight, nine, or something? Mm-hmm. Six, seven, eight. So it's three. It's three novels. So. Yeah.
1: No, I know, but it, it's like uh, it kind of just goes to show the atta- attention to detail. I don't know how different that is from the novel. I haven't read it, but. You know, it's definitely, there's definitely stuff here that isn't, uh, or rather, probably would be more flashed, or at least more time spent on than it is in a novel, because it is a fairly, I don't want to call it a short novel, it's almost a hundred chapters, but by uh, <laughs> by comparison to this, to the anime, you know, when, if you know how anime usually goes in terms of adaptations, there's... Uh, <laughs> They spent their. They took their time, that's for damn sure. So, it's... And it's good for that. It just makes the story... It makes the story a lot more interesting. Uh, I haven't actually scored it, but if I had to give this a score... I've generally laid on around the 7 mark for most of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I do enjoy it. I do think it's good. I haven't super loved it. But, honestly with part three or arc three rather i think i've finally gone to that point where i'm gonna up it to an eight like this i absolutely love this arc it was really good
0: yeah everything everything came together in satisfying ways and it all makes sense too Hmm. yeah so as as the story continues you start seeing these pieces fall and you're like yep okay keep it up keep it up Loga." (laughs) (laughs) yep yeah.
2: Oh, just do you, uh, do you have
0: okay? So, um, do you have any theories over what Reinhardt will do, what his role will play, and how Julian or Julian will, uh, what his future lies? Do you have any theories? Or you watch? Uh, you? So we've already seen
1: somebody cement their legend through having to. Um, to perish. So I'm then. I then have a feeling that uh, Reinhard is going to have to suffer the fate of uh, outliving his legend. If that makes sense, not not like that, but in the sense that like he will. Um... <sighs> that he will see himself become the villain. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. People will kind of get fed up with him, or rather, you know, people beneath him. Because we have already established that there are people beneath him who are looking for, ultimately, their own own good. And uh, so I have a feeling that that's eventually going to catch up to him. Now it's just a question of who that will be. And as far as Julian is concerned, and that whole political... I don't really know... Because I'm not entirely sure how how that is gonna work out for them with what their role with their newly uh, newly established uh, republic democracy how how that is gonna keep going um or what their roles will be in the long term so I'm not, I'm, I'm not entirely certain of that I don't have a theory formed around that yet but uh yeah
0: well you Basically, have the same thoughts I did when I was heading into season four, when I was first watching the show. So that tells I think that says a lot about how the story is told and how everyone seems to get it. And it leaves mm-hmm. it leaves important questions that we have and. Uh, we will get the answers and everything will make sense, at least in my opinion, it did. So we'll we'll see what happens with season four. I guess we'll uh let's see if i look at the um maybe we can hit season four a lot sooner and finish the series off before 2020 comes to an end
1: i was about to say we uh we need to get back to planning our uh, planning yeah we're running out yeah
0: yeah
1: uh pretty far ahead but uh surprisingly we've actually managed to almost catch up to that so
0: somehow yeah my god but yeah, let's let's hit let's hit season four. Let's finish Legend of the Galactic Heroes off sooner rather than later. Let's let's uh-huh. complete this fucker. And
1: <laughs> well, That maybe we could focus more on Touch after that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <That's>, yeah, <laughs> we know. got Attack
0: Number One and Touch. That, those are other <laughs> yeah. two ongoing ones. I Besides, do still feel bad about the whole Touch situation
1: because we literally said we were like, yeah, we're definitely continuing this, and then we never did. <laughs> I
0: mean, it's not that we never did. It's just we didn't pencil it in. We're just like, okay, exactly. we got. That's we got pretty there. much never doing it. Oh I mean... come on! No, it's penciled in right now. It's it's coming. We're almost it there.
1: Is. Before we switch it for something else, but yeah, we got we to see how truck
0: Coon, we got to see how truck Coon will ruin the next life or whatever. <laughs> uh. uh. All right, Tori. Nice quick one. Look at that. Ninety minutes. We knew it. It happened.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Again, our next episode is uh episode fuck i had it episode uh 78 uh we're doing three random ovas i think they're all horrible i haven't seen them
1: oh yeah <laughs> i haven't seen them either i've seen some of them or rather i've seen parts to some of them and i can't wait because there is a one that was uh that i watched the video on a little bit ago and i'm not gonna spoil what it is but it's um
2: um mm.
1: It's. It's uh,
0: <laughs> oh, no. yeah. going to be a lot to talk about. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. So look forward to our three random OVA. You know what? I'll just say them. I'll just say right now. If you want to watch along with us um, for two weeks, Cipher, mm-hmm. Twinkle Nora, Rock Me, yes. and Papillion Rose are our three random mm-hmm. OVAS.
1: Yep. Oh boy, Papillion Rose. I have uh, already made a video on. On our on YouTube, yeah, and my top scholar. If you want to check that out, I'm telling you, Tori, and, your
0: uh, your YouTube has more subscribers than the Red Redleaf Retrocast YouTube. We should just put the anime podcast on your YouTube.
1: <laughs> I was about to say, I think I passed you a while ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, go for 700 subs right now. We are almost to 620. So, yeah, thanks, sir. Things are happening.
0: <laughs> things are happening. All right, everybody. This was episode 77. The Red Leap Retrocast Anime Edition. See
2: you next time. Peace. <laughs> 이 칼이
1: 유난히
2: 희라만히 도네요